0: Thank you. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Outsiders show, where we have one-sided conversations and unsolicited opinions. Here's your host, Kyle Joseph. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Outsider show. Once again, I'm your host Kyle. This is the show with one-sided conversations and unsolicited opinions. Thank you so much for joining me. On this week's episode, we do have some surprise returns slash introductions. Uh, So we'll go over that in both WWE and AEW. Plus, I'm still getting caught up in the NXT space. And all I can say is money, money, money. That and the last shot all on today's episode. So please hang tight. Thank you for sticking around it is WWE time so we had a lot of uh, kind of prep work as we go into I guess money in the bank season if that's what you want to call it so they're starting to get through your final matchups specifically one to note was the um, Kevin Owens Sami Zayn uh, last man standing match I was quite surprised that KO won I just uh, wasn't sure if it was one of those things where he can really push the story if, if Sammy wins, but I will say the highlight for me or think the most mo- note is the double table that KO took. And you could tell it's setting up and you know, at some point in time it's going to happen. But I was, I was really anticipating Sammy going through, but it was Kevin instead. And, and I don't know how you get around that without it hurting like a mother. Um, uh, some of the other stuff that kind of I wanted to note was, um, we have a, uh, Bailey, Bianca, I quit match for the uh, women's titles, and uh, I just can't see Bailey walking away from this one. Bianca is still, you know, the best, the EST of everything, and I just don't know if her saying I quit is really the in the cards for her. So I'm still hoping for a good match. I did enjoy their, uh, their last one at Hell in a Cell, so hopefully this one uh, carries through. I will have more of a uh, in-depth look as we get closer to uh, Money in the Bank. Um... Edge and Roman, some really great uh, build-up of their story, uh, getting the Usos involved, which is uh, still, you know, still waiting on on Jay Uso to make a turn return if it happens. Um, but uh, you know, like, there's a lot of fire behind Edge. Um, he's shown Roman's vulnerability, but at the same time, Roman, you know, isn't phased by it. So it's uh, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens next week, or rather this week. Uh, and then following week, uh, right before Hell in the Cell, to see how they really push this angle. Do we get a specialty match, or is this going to be straight one-on-one? So, I, again, I look forward to that. I'm really excited to watch that one. Um, the Shinsuke Nakamura uh, saga has come to an end with uh, with King Corbin, who is now Baron Corbin. Um, now that he's kind of taken the crown, and he's, you know, Kingsuke, I hope that doesn't stick, but I could really do without bo- Boogs. Um, it just... I feel like it's unnecessary to have him in that type of role. It's one thing to have him in the background and maybe just bugging the crap out of uh, Baron, but to have him out every time in the opening. Um, when I saw Shinsuke at Takeover Toronto several years ago, they had a full-on you know violinist and, and group, and I thought that was really cool. And So I really like the, the live violin as opposed to this kind of rock star uh, electric guitar. But in the end... It is what it is, but I will say I'm really enjoying the way that Baron Corbin is operating as this kind of down-on-his-luck individual. I think it's really showing his range, because normally he's, you know, the the badass, and then he moved to the cocky one, so this is really a different look for him. I think it's also great because you're never going to get sympathy from him, so it just further pushes the idea that he is, you know, really down and out, and, and who's going to say that something... Uh, is going to come of it getting his car repoed and things like that so him and, and also growing out his hair just kind of really adds to that downtrodden look so i'm looking forward to that one really uh really hoping that they push baron in a direction but steer steer clear of shinsuke because that's been as much as i enjoyed it that's kind of been played out uh and then we had zelina zelina making a return which i wasn't really sure how that was going to go i would heard or heard rumors well, not, i heard i read uh that she was making a return Um, I didn't really like her return but it's also interesting given the Aleister Black uh, departure and how that you know operates and I'll have more on him after Um, so we'll see what happens with her again I'm not a huge Lena fan I only liked her when she was on Andrade because I liked Andrade Um, so hopefully this comes something other than this simply going against uh, Liv Morgan and that kind of you know, who's the prettiest type of idea. I want them to be able to get to a point where they can compete with the Biancas, with the Baileys, with the Sashas, and really move into that top tier of uh, of women wrestlers. When we got into Raw, uh, we had our Miz TV with some of the participants. Um, man, I want to hate Riddle. I really want to hate him, but I can't. I didn't really like him when he was in... NXT, with the exception of when him and Pete Dunne won the um, Dusty Rhodes Classic, and and that bit of getting the trophy uh, to take over was was really funny, and I enjoyed that. Uh, but just in his in-ring style and stuff, it doesn't work for me. But this stoner stuff is just on point. There's clearly some flexibility in what he's doing and saying, which you know even adds to it. Um, he kind of interrupts with the most absurd comments, and I think it all works. Uh, and it kind of really plays off of Randy Orton and what Randy Orton is kind of more straight-laced um straight to business motionless if you want to call him that so it really pairs pairs well together um he will be in the money the bank ladder match we'll see what happens i, I can't see him coming out on top but you know you never know we uh we got a We had a a women's tag match again. Uh, This is a three-way, and uh, or sorry, a six-woman tag uh, with Nikki Cross, who is now called Nikki Ash. Uh, I'm still not on board with the superhero look. I do appreciate that they're referencing and calling out um, Hurricane, because he is still part of the production crew, or producers, I should say, and he's very active on social media, and everyone obviously still loves him, so... I like that they're tying with him, but I don't understand the name change, and if you're going to have the name change, stop calling her by original name. Several times uh, on the show, they said both Nikki Cross and Nikki Ash, so again, I'm still waiting for her to turn back to the Psycho. I think that's really where her best um, gimmick uh, is, and, and so I'm not sure sure how you would get there, but at some point in time, we will. The other one that I just kind of wanted to really call out and kind of comes to mind is this um, Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal uh, feud that is obviously starting up. It's nice to see that Drew's taking down a different road. I think it's important to have that. I really like Jinder Mahal. I really thought he did a great job in his title run with the Randy Orton stuff. I thought it was really well done. He really showed kind of what like a real bad guy can do. Um, so I'm really excited to see what happens. We'll see what happens with his... Um, What's the right word his henchmen uh, to see what they kind of come to fruition i've seen one of them uh, in nxt the other one i'm not familiar with i think his name is shanky something like that but uh they haven't done much yet so we'll see how that goes but i don't really like the sword Uh, i think the sword is i don't know i think it's maybe too gimmicky uh for this day and age when you want a little bit more realism um, yeah, sure, when he puts the sword on the stage, it creates the fireworks, okay, that's fine. But this really weird promo about the, the sword being made from a part of the Loch Ness Monster and, and all this stuff is just, it's too much, it's too stupid. And then for Mahal to steal the sword makes sense, logically, when it's something that Drew cherishes so much and he's going to take it away and that's how they'll go. I just wish there was a better way to doing it than, uh, than the sword. So in all in all, you know, there wasn't much uh, for me to really talk about when it comes to WWE this week. We have uh, SmackDown tonight. We'll see how that goes. Uh, But there will be obviously much more to talk about next week as we really finalize what's going down in in preparation for Money in the Bank. Uh, I will say I am hoping that we have another creative Money in the Bank like last year where they had to uh, climb to the top of the uh, WWE offices. But obviously we're back in a regular arena, so things will change, but still looking for some creativity in that. Alright, up next, I am still getting caught up on NXT, so I will let you know where I'm at and uh, how I think things are going. So please, please, once again, stick around. Alright, it's so the time of the show for some NXT. Once again, for those who are not familiar, I am getting caught up, and I got caught up quite a bit. I am now up to the April uh, month of NXT, so I'm oh-so-close. I'm Just finished up with um, Stand and Deliver, now we're kind of getting through... Some of the main stuff until uh, we get to whatever pay-per-view comes next. I haven't been told, so we'll see how that goes. Not a lot, again, to really call out. It's kind of some of the similar matches back and forth. Um, obviously, the, at the top of the house with um, Karrion Cross and Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. That's always going to be an, an interesting storyline, but at this point in time, there isn't really a whole lot as they're still working through... Um, where we are with who's number one and and things like that and they'll go back and forth throughout we obviously have the kyle o'reilly adam cole saga that has uh, not ended as of yet and i'm sure that will carry through quite a bit there's enough animosity or enough potential there that you can really run it out a little longer and ultimately i'm I'm okay with that i would like to see some continued matches kyle o'reilly facing cameron uh, grimes and things like that so at least you're spreading it out and, and building it up slowly uh we had a couple of debuts at this point in time we have saraya which is the warrior of the sun uh i've seen a couple matches with her so far she is um like a solid old school or i guess for me what i would consider an old school japanese uh wrestler she obviously doesn't have uh well she hasn't even heard her talk yet um and so my assumption is at one point in time she will go down the road of io shirai where Over time her English language will develop, but there's also the opportunity of having uh, a Mr. Fuji type character who is there to fill in um, some of that conversation and whether that's good or or bad in terms of, you know, heel and face uh, time will tell, but I do think that there's needs to be more of that especially as people are learning uh, to be stronger with uh, with their English. Uh, will we get a Genius of the Sky versus Warrior of the Sun? That could be an interesting match. I, I don't know their history, if they have one, but it would be nice if they did, that they would call it out. Time will tell, if that even ever happens. Um, we also had Frankie Monet, which is uh, Taya Valkyrie for from Impact and A and Lucha Underground. I do not like Frankie Monet. She hasn't wrestled yet. She's walking around with her dog, um, looking all bougie. And I really prefer Taya Valkyrie as... That kind of um, winter warrior, queen of the ice, whatever kind of gimmick you want to call it with the uh, road to Valhalla. I just feel like she was stronger and she really commanded a presence. And even when she kind of slid away from um, the ice queen stuff into more like the, the crazy um, Mexican speaking wrestler, Spanish speaking wrestler or whatever, you know, was that? I can, I can even get that. I just can't buy into the Frankie Monet at this point in time. Time will tell when she gets in the ring and when she really develops where her character's going. That may change. But at this point in time, definitely not at the top of my list. Uh, got to see some Timothy Thatcher, more of that. Now we've kind of got an like, official tag with uh, Tommaso Ciampa. I am excited for this. I Tommaso I can take and leave him sometimes. I definitely preferred him, like I've said before, as like the Blackheart heart. But I really enjoy Tim Thatcher and I never thought I would when I first uh, came out with um, when he was competing with Matt Riddle. Uh, But he's grown on me. I I like his old school style. His kind of unpolished look and his voice. And it's just it's a very different character than anybody else there right now. And so it's a great refreshing uh, person to see there. And even when he was doing the Thatch Ken Thatch wrestling can thatch can thatch can then whatever it was called um you know and working with some of the new guys um the late great um anthony green uh who unfortunately has lost his time in X D, um but it's all part of that you know different look different vibe different focus um every once in a while it's okay to have a pure technical wrestler there's nothing wrong with that and it's a nice change of pace So I hope to see more of him, and I hope that Tommaso and him can keep going forward together. Uh, There's a lot of solid potential with wherever they take uh, these two, whether they not split them up, whether they run singles runs on either side, but they still stay together, or they go pure tag. Either way, I'm okay with it. Uh, I am happy to see that uh, Mercedes Martinez -Martinez is getting a big push. At this point in time, she is scheduled to face... um, raquel Gonzalez at I guess would be next episode so May 11th or wherever I'm at next um, I've seen her uh, in Ottawa at the femme fatale. I've caught her another else uh, elsewhere I've seen her on all in and I really like her she again is she's a different she's a she's tough she's gritty. When she says things, you believe her. When she kicks people's asses, you believe it. And so I'm really looking forward to that. And my hope, and I know it's a bit of a a different thing for NXT where they really do bounce them around, Um, but I'm hoping that she stays relevant. That's the big key: is staying relevant. Whether it's you know going after the the women's championship or beating up on you know smaller people or Maybe perhaps we get a North American women's championship. I wouldn't be against that. They obviously need to really increase their women's roster or at least really bring some up and really show their skills. And, and I would be all on board uh, with that. And actually, I, I do that with my uh, video games. I always make sure that there's a second, secondary women's uh, belt because I think there's a good opportunity for that. Uh, last couple of things. Uh, loving Teddy Ted DiBiase's appearances. Uh, he showed up on the 27th of April edition. Um, as well as either the following week or the week after when he was at the club. And, and the work he's doing with Cameron Grimes uh, is it's great. It, it's a really nostalgic feeling, but not sad nostalgic. The way he talks, the way his manners are all still make sense. They're all still relevant to now and his character before. So it is enjoyable, and the fact that you have Cameron Grimes, who I continue to be amazed with his um, the differences he was versus Trevor Lee in Impact. I wasn't sure where they were going to go with this, but even his um, evolution of his character with the shoot uh, you know, to the moon, and, and now he's this quote-unquote money guy, and, and so this all works, and infusing Ted DiBiase in there just kind of adds to the hijinks. So I'm assuming 10 will be on a little bit more. We'll see how that goes. But I am certainly enjoying that. And uh, lastly, there was a bit of a promo with regards to some sort of diamond mind. Not sure at all uh, what that means. I'm assuming it's some sort of faction. Uh, I don't know who would be in it. Um, I don't really know. At this point, I haven't really stayed caught up. So it really could be at anybody at this point in time. Existing wrestlers. Old wrestlers. you know, Returns or brand new and it's it's kind of up in the air so that kind of wraps up nxt i am hoping that next week i'll be even further along and by i don't know the end of august let's say maybe the end of july we'll be uh, completely caught up and then every episode here i'll be able to talk about a up-to-date most recent nxt and then everything is uh, on the same page so up next we do have our aew and the end is here so please stay tuned we have more to go There's no surprise there, once again, it is Kyle here. Now we are up to a couple, a double week of AEW, just with the time frames as to when I did last episode. We got uh, a double Wednesdays in there. So we have the June 30th, regular episode of Dynamite, and then this past uh, couple days ago, uh, Road Rager. So I a uh, couple things outside of the ring, couple things inside the ring. Um, first things first, I did read an article, uh, well article, Read a couple of lines uh, with regards to uh, Eddie Kingston's speech at the end of one of the after you know when Dynamite went off air talking about how he loves the E.W. roster and how kind of took a couple shots at WWE and and I guess in an interview on I think it's Busted Open Radio I think is the the show that Bubba Ray has and uh, he made an interesting statement he essentially told Eddie Kingston to stay his lane and uh, shut the f up. And his kind of explanation behind it makes sense to me. Um, You can pump up your own organization all you want. Um, You can talk about how you think they're the greatest and that's not the other, but he had never been in WWE, so Bubba Ray felt like he could not say anything about that. Um, Obviously, Bubba's done other things, right? He's gone to other promotions, so he does have some experience being outside of WWE. So he has a fair comparison. Uh, And he said, you know, he's just pumping up his, uh, you know, his own, his own uh, promotion. But I kind of have to side with Bubba on this point, where you can't really talk about things behind the scenes if you haven't experienced them, because then it's just based on what somebody else says, and and who knows at that time uh, what their emotions were like. I had thought it was interesting uh, before when we had the Kenny Omega Jungle Boy uh, match, and we didn't have. Um, we didn't know Luchasaurus, and then he showed up. Uh, this week, he had a really odd and, and, in my opinion, terrible interaction with Christian Cage. If you're going to have Luchasaurus, don't talk. Don't talk to him, talk at all. Just be that presence. Because his character is so out in left field, even for AEW, there is no other creature wrestler. Uh, Or even when he appears to be a creature. That I think he benefits more from just staying quiet. And using his size and his abilities to kind of really sell whatever he needs to sell. Uh, So I do hope that uh, either he fixes it or he just goes away. I don't think Jungle Boy needs them. I think he has moved beyond it. Obviously he celebrated his 50th win. First one out of anybody in AEW. So clearly Tony has um, his spotlight shot on Jungle Boy. and, And... And therefore, he doesn't really need anything else. Uh, We got into the uh, promo um, for the Coffin Match. Uh, Ethan Page was just on fire. Uh, Having their history really helps push this along. And it really gives a lot of leverage to either one to be able to reference uh, for the promos. And then in the current weeks, they had a a face-to-face, which again, you know, went really well. And so, I do like this. This is very, to me, a very... um, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens type vibe where they have history so they really know how to work together. So I'm anticipating this upcoming match uh, will be a really good one. I just then need for each other to kind of split, go the separate ways, do some other things, and then if need be come back, but but not for a while. Um, We had the god-awful Vicky Guerrero match with um, Nyla Rose versus brick baker dmd and her lackey and i take serious issue with this match i think it was ridiculous that vicky mcguerra was even in the ring um there is no need for it uh, there could have picked anybody else any lackey off the bottom of the roster but i just take issue with people who don't belong in the ring under any circumstance it's one thing if you're not really a wrestler but you come in and you put in the work to really push yourself into you know where you want to go. I'd even take Bad Bunny, because he clearly put in some effort. You know, Pat McAfee put in a ton of effort to get there. I can applaud that. This was embarrassing. I don't get it, I don't need it. I do appreciate the power bomb into the table at the end of the show, um that Britt took, but again, I don't I would rather two on one. Could have totally made sense to two on one and told the same story. At the end of that episode, they continuously talked about going back to a live audience, which is you know, Road Rager from this past week. Um, but at the end of it, they kind of had a, uh, a montage of all the different highlights from their time at Daily's Place. And it was annoying to me. And I'll say why it was annoying, because I wish I had watched sooner. I wish I'd kind of taken off my WWE lens and my needing to see wrestling in a very specific production. And there looked like so much... Interesting stuff. So much, way different things out there that I, I wish I had been able to see uh, when it happened. I will not go back and rewatch. It's just not going to happen. But I do have to applaud that there was clearly a lot going on that they took a lot of time and effort to to put this through. I also will say that near the end, you know, their loud, you know, the live crowd got pretty good there. I think it's a smaller place, so you have a little more opportunity to um to have that interaction and then when they moved to road rager it wasn't as much of a drastic difference i don't know how big the arena in miami was versus versus daly's place but there still was a lot of interaction which is great and it wasn't simulated which really pushes the ability of the in-ring performers to interact with the crowd a, a lot better so then we came to road rager um it is, I, I mean, I love the retro graphics. It's very Miami in their current state, uh, especially with the uh, Miami Heat and their pink and blues. But I will say that it, um, this specific one and and these little mini pay-per-views like this, NXT has done a bunch of them in the past year, I think are really cool. And I think they're a great idea. So you have a special event. You have a special tie-in, whatever it is. You can sell it slightly different, but people will not have to pay for it. And it allows you to put on different style matches different um stories or even you know championship matches that you want a little bit of a big fight feel and so you can tie it in with this but your regular A&W um fan can watch without having to pay extra and he also allows you an opportunity to really sell your product to people who don't watch and they say oh well there's this pay-per-view and it's free well why don't I just take a look and the idea behind that is then yes then you're you're bought in and you you can keep rolling so we had Road Rager this week. Looks like two weeks of Fighter Fest starting next week. But uh, when it comes to um, Road Rager, there was uh, there was definitely some good stuff in there. I think again, it was a, a right idea to have this um, way to showcase specific pieces without having to really sell it all in. Uh, I do like, for personal reasons, obviously. Um, Hometown boy uh, Evil Uno he's getting more airtime, uh, more mic time. Again, I didn't watch before. I didn't watch till after the you know Lee unfortunately passed. So I didn't know what Evil Uno's uh, influence or his responsibilities within the, the Dark Order were before that. Um, I just know I've seen him live. Um, he's always a great character. He's always a lot of fun to watch. Um, and so, when you see somebody locally that you've met before, and you see them starting to to get more airtime and to get a bigger focus, it, you know it's always it's always nice to see. Throughout the night, though, um, man, Jim Ross has got to go. Numerous times did he lost his train of thought? Did he say the wrong things? Did he get confused? At one point, in time he apologized to Excalibur by calling him Mark, which, as I looked it up, because I was curious. Is actually his real name. And uh, and so you have this three-man booth. They're all over the place. Excalibur's really stepped up his game. Tony Schiavone is still at the right age that he can remember all the stuff from back in the day, but has a really good solid grasp on what's currently going on. Jim Ross, to me, is better suited in the interview space where he was putting... Ethan Page versus Darby Allen in a conversation I can see that that I feel like is the spot for Jim Ross having him week in week out on that telecast just doesn't make sense to me I know it's one of those things where you know he's a legend you can't get rid of a legend you can't fire a legend but you just got to move him and move him into a space where he can be he can have time to really put things together Um, if you were to compare him versus all of the other current play-by-play guys he doesn't even come close, and I think part of that he's still around again is because people remember him from back in the day. They remember him from his WWE days, calling, you know, Undertaker and Mick Foley, or getting burned alive by Kane. Like, so they all remember that. But over time, like he has not gotten better, or rather, he's not maintained his that level. And so, at some point, in time you, you kind of have to put the cow to pasture. So. That's probably one of the the continuous criticisms I have as I watch Dynamite is just I don't need three people in the booth when they have no cohesion. There was a lot of apologizing, a lot of over-talking, and with two people, you can really find that groove. Uh, As we got into the the really great promo, conversation, signing, whatever you want to call it, of um, Chris Jericho and MJF... um, we had a fucking fan. inspired my language. We had a fan who decided to be a cool guy and jump in the ring, or try to jump in the ring. And it's such an idiotic thing to do. And if history has not taught us anything, um, wreckers would, wrestlers will would kick the shit out of you, and rightfully so, because you're coming into their territory. You're, you know, creating a a danger to them, and who knows what's going to happen. So my only hope is this was kind of a one-off, and we'll we'll see going forward. We'll kind of move beyond that and and people can just get their shit together uh but after that we had a great back and forth between them it seemed really a lot of freestyle i think both of them are very strong talkers very um good on the freestyle very quick uh, and quick-witted and so they're very able to respond to each other very well and so they had a great back and forth i mean mentioning MGF's mom and all that stuff was, was just hit the mark and things like that so i think there's definitely um an enjoyment out of there that we can continue to do as we go forward but it is that kind of weird conundrum where you see the same things over and over again because it works really well but at some point in time you're going to get tired of it and so these two bounce back from each bounce off each other so well that you want to keep going but you got to make sure though that you you stop right at the right moment um we did move into uh andrade and his match um with matt sidell and and I'm not sure, because I haven't really followed Andrade since he left, uh, that he got much in-ring competition, but he clearly was a little rusty, um, or I assume he was, hopefully that's the case, because I've always enjoyed him in the ring, and it would be nice to make sure that, or rather, it would be nice to have uh, him at his top from back in his WWE days, but here in in AEW. Again, there's a good chance that this character is going to go strong, it's going to go well, and all, you know, plays well with him, uh, so hopefully you'll see a good run with it, and he doesn't kind of get lost in the mix. Um, throughout the... Well, not throughout the night. Early in the night, the, the lights went out, and, you know, they apologized for the technical difficulty, and, and I thought, you know, that's not out of the realm of possibility. It is live. Things can happen. You know, it's back back being in you know in front of an audience, new location, so things can happen. And then it went dark again uh, with when Arne Anderson was out in the ring. And then, who appears... It is the wrestler formerly known as Aleister Black, previously known as Tommy End. And at some point in time, somebody referred to him as Malachi Black, which I think is odd in that um, unless you followed him very specifically, you wouldn't have known that his name is Malachi Black. It did not help that the commentators called him all sorts of things. And they didn't even see seem to see think what's going on. And it's, it's one thing to offer a little bit of flexibility to the announcers to kind of talk as they want. This is one of those things where they should have said, Hey, this is, you know, formerly known as Tommy End and now it's Malachi Black or, you know, or not saying anything after all and then and then have an interview with him another day and somebody says, you know, hey, Tommy, it's back? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm Malachi Black and, and, and whatever. So that was a bit of annoying. Um, unfortunately, that surprise was actually ruined for me. Um, as I was watching the show the day after... Uh, I was reading an article completely separate, totally different, but in there was a headline that showed um, his face in AEW and, and was talking about how he was able to get on TV so soon. And so that was annoying, but nonetheless, it was still a great surprise. Side note on that, the article actually explained that they never modified or updated his contract when he went from NXT to the main roster. The main roster normally is 90 days, but NXT, it's a 30-day non-compete. So he was able to get off after 30 days, and this is how he showed up in AEW. I am interested to see if, you know, which version are we going to get? Will we get a new age Aleister Black? Will we maybe get what he was going with down the road um, before he left WWE and that kind of spooky preacher kind of guy? Um, Will we go back to kind of a regular Tommy End who's just a tatted up badass? Uh, Only time will tell. And I am looking forward to really when he has a chance to speak and, and share his intentions. Um, and I mean, if we got got Andrade Malachi Black storyline, I, I would be uh, all for it. We had uh, Dan Lambert get involved. Um, and I've seen Dan Lambert before in Impact Wrestling. Uh, I think he did a great job when he was partnered up with Bobby Lashley. Um, my only unfortunate part with the Impact storyline was that he got the ring. And by in the ring, I mean in a competition. And that's that's where I draw the line. Um, I, don't, I don't want to see that. I want to see him as he can be a mouthpiece. They can kick the crap out of him to get a point across. Doesn't matter to me. Just don't put him in the ring. It's like Vicky Guerrero. Leave the wrestling to the wrestlers. But that being said, you know, he put on a great thing. He shit all over AEW. Time will tell if this is becoming a regular thing or if it was just a chance to get Lance Archer out there. Um, I will say he did a lot of old-school references, and I'm pretty sure that most of the audience, at least in the ring, if not on television, had no idea who half the people he referenced. So I don't know if maybe he should have taken, you know, maybe a a decade more recently and started there, uh, because by the end of it, you know, some of those other wrestlers became familiar, but some of the other ones, no clue. I can only assume they were talking about old-school. So again, you know, Dan Lebert, he's he's got a really good control of himself, he's got a really good voice, and uh, and so whether... Goes any further than that, doesn't matter. I think it was a, a good, funny spot. I think the only really downside um, I had was the um, the two main events. Actually, both both weeks so we had MJF versus Sammy Guevara um, on the last show at Daly's place, and then we had the Young Bucks versus uh, Penta and Eddie Kingston. I, I obviously there's got to be some sort of injury case with Ray Phoenix and um, and Pac, and, and I will tell you this right now, I don't read into it if it doesn't show up my twitter from who i follow now i'm not reading into it i don't really want to dig too much into it because i feel like it takes away from from enjoying the stories but so i'm assuming that's where you know why eddie's there and and connecting in that way but um i just there just didn't see the right amount of chemistry especially in the sammy Guevara mjf match um i just felt like it was one spot after another but i don't know it just didn't really click and it wasn't until the end where it made a little more sense for mj to win um I don't know if it's they've never wrestled before, or or their styles don't quite line up. But that being said, in the end, it's not a big deal. It just moves the story along. But the the main event at, at uh, Road Rager just I'm I'm not a huge Young Bucks fan. I I appreciate what they're doing with their outfits and uh, and their facial hair is pretty funny. But I just they're not my jam. They just aren't, and I I can understand and appreciate that other people do enjoy them. I prefer a little more older school tag teams. FTR, to some extent, the Good Brothers, when they're in the ring, in the ring, less much of the other stuff. Um, I do, I mean, probably the bit of a stretch is the Usos back when they were, um, you know, the Uso Penitentiary, um, Hart Foundation, like those types of tag teams where, yes, they have some highlight, um, but really it's about proper tag team wrestling. So, I just, you know, I just, for me, it wasn't the best way to cap off the night. But we are getting into Fighter Fest. Um, we'll have the coffee match, which I'm looking forward to. And kind of whatever else comes from it. But, uh, yeah. So next week, I'll be able to talk a little bit more about Fighter Fest Night 1. Uh, but for now, that is uh, that wraps up the show. Uh, after the break, we will do the last shot. And then we'll bring it on home. I have to thank you all for uh sticking around and uh listening to me uh shoot my mind uh speaking of shooting this is the last shot this is the take home segment here we go wwe has a continued use of these portrait mode videos portrait mode in your camera you know it focuses in the middle blurs out everything else and i've seen it more in sports first time i saw it was at the super bowl uh, and now we see it all the time at least specifically in wwe and i can't stand it it just makes it look everything looks so fake um, and like overproduced And so I I just don't find it necessary. It's like I mentioned before with the 3D imaging. That isn't needed. You don't have to go into all the latest technology. You can stick with what works. And that's fine with me. On both NXT that I was watching and on AEW, both of them had street fights that did not involve streets. There is brawls. There is uh, extreme rules. There is no holds bar. There is... False got Anywhere, there's all these different names that you can use. But I still feel like a street fight should involve a street at some point in time. Start in the ring, kick the crap out of each other, bring each other to the back, go out of the side doors, even a parking lot I would accept. But let's call a street fight not a street fight if there is no street. And lastly, before I head out, Jimmy Uso, who unfortunately has uh, been arrested again for a DUI, The other day it is very unfortunate that there is clearly a struggle with that family specifically those two boys boys men uh and not being able to kind of control their their issues so hopefully they'll get the help they need and uh we'll get them back on track and they continue to perform my ultimate hope though is that wwe doesn't condone it or allow the behavior to continue a la jeff hardy otherwise what's the point in them getting help because if wwe doesn't force them So that's it. That's all. That's the last shot. Thank you again for listening. Once again, as if you didn't know, my name is Kyle. Next week, Fighter Fest for sure. And the lead up to Money in the Bank.